Hey guys, welcome to today's discussion. I'm going to put focus around uh, the cherry archetype, actually. So uh, I've, I've had a few um, internal workings uh, that kind of led me to this particular archetype in the last few days. So and I also want to give insight on uh, not just the chariot, but um, also like how these these specific archetypes are working together within us in certain situations at least that I've noticed in my own experience. So I do want to offer um, that type of understanding and and you all can take, you know, what resonates with you and leave the rest. That's fine. I, th I feel like it's working differently for everyone through our own understanding of things and how we process things inside of our mind. So, um, but let's get started on the chariot and then I'll kind of add things as we go on. Okay. All right. So the chariot is number seven. Okay. So, and remember that uh, archetypes one through seven is uh, the the processing, uh, the breaking through of the mind, in a sense. So, well, this is session seventy nine forty one. What would the conqueror or chariot then represent the culmination of the action of the first six archetypes into the conquering of mental processes, even possibly removing the veil? Um, they go on, they answer with um, archetype seven is the, the most difficult to um, enunciate. We may call it the path, the way, or the great way of the mind. Its foundation is a reflection in substantial summary of the archetypes one through six. Okay. One may also see the way of the mind is showing the kingdom or fruits of appropriate travel through the mind and that the mind continues to move majestically through the material it conceives of as a chariot drawn by royal lions or steeds. So I'm going to add my thoughts into that. So this is the, the great way to mine. That is the chariot. So um, it's kind of a culmination of uh, you having already been through discovering the archetypes of one through six. So that leads to number seven. That is the conquering of the mind processes. <clears throat> and then from there, it moves into card number eight, which is uh, geared more towards, you know, conquering the, the bodily processes. So, um, and it, what's interesting that what comes next and what they say is just remembering that the, the, the chariot moves itself. Okay. So uh, we'll go into that. I'm kind of getting ahead, but that's what I found most interesting is the chariot moves itself. So, because the way Don was asking it, he was um, really focusing more on, you know, what's moving it. And Roth's answer was, well, the chariot moves itself. That's the whole point. The chariot moves itself. Okay. So, and um, an example of how that is um, in our own life. How does that apply to our daily lives? So, um when we understand, when we get into a moment when um, there is certain 
circumstance where maybe we have been waiting for somebody else to do something for us or uh, this and that or uh, parenting even this kind of goes into parenting um, you know when is this kid gonna do things for himself or when is this kid gonna clean his room you know or something like that okay um, take what you will from that from your own experience but uh, the moment that we decide to move ourselves and to stand up and do things ourselves through will of the mind, I'm just going to do it. It's going to come from me. We are embodying the chariot. The chariot moves itself. So, okay. So, and this is talk. This next one is really important. So, this is kind of what I was talking about. So, uh, well, you know what? Let's go back to this one for just a sec. Um, I do like the way they say, uh, we may see the way the mind is showing the kingdom more fruits of appropriate travel through the mind. So, appropriate travel through the mind, and then we reach uh, the chariot. So, and the chariot is considered the, the fruits of our, our labor. Okay, so, um, and even in this question, Don asks, even possibly removing the veil, the veil from the mind. Uh, and they do answer, this is most perceptive. So um, once we get to that point, we have an opportunity to, uh, you know, pierce the, uh, the veil of the mind. So and move on to conquering, conquering the body. Um, so this is session 100, question 11. Um the entities, which is talking about the actual card, you know, on uh, the tarot card. The small black or russet and white entities have now been changed so that they appear to be sphinxes. And which we are assuming mean that the catalyst has been mastered. So what he's asking is um, the, the sphinxes, do they represent that this catalyst, whatever catalyst this, uh, person is going through has been mastered? Uh, Don says, I am also assuming that they act as a, as the power that moves the chariot. The sphinx moves the chariot is what he's asking. Depicted here. So as this mastery enables the mind and its transformation to become mobile, Unlike it was prior to the mastery locked within the illusion. We raw comment on that. Okay. A lot is going into this question. So it doesn't mean that just the chariot, the archetype of the chariot, us inviting the, the archetype of the chariot. Does that mean that our mind is more mobile and not specifically locked as much in the illusion as we once were? So, Rye answers, we ask the student consider the great way, so the great way of the mind, that's a chariot, not as a culmination of the series of seven activities or functions, but a far more clearly delineated, so and delineated means like the border between two states, okay, image, so clearly bordered or outlined image of the environment within the mind, the body, and the spirit shall function. Therefore, the uh, culturally determined creatures called sphinxes do not indicate mastery over catalyst. Okay. Uh, the second supposition, 
uh, that of placing the creatures as the movers of the chariot of mine has far more virtue. You may connote that the concept of time to the image of the Sphinx. The mental and mental-emotional complex ripens and moves and is transformed in time. So actually, I kind of feel like this is kind of talking a little bit about time-space, like our mental capabilities of, you know, possibly achieving more into the states of of time-space. And this is where... I understand that once we move further and further into these new energies, that we're not going to be perceiving time as the same anymore. And I feel like that's happening with me, probably on an extremely small scale compared to what it's going to be, because there's way more work to be done, like tons. But, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's kind of what he's talking about. So Ra's talking about Oh, okay. So, yeah, the next question. <laughs> the next question is session 103. Uh, question 12. I am asking that the wheels on this chariot indicate the ability of the mind to be able now to move in time space. Is this correct? Okay. Uh, and Ryan answers, well, we can't really say that's incorrect. For there is much work in time space as the individual who evokes its complex of concepts has assimilated. It would be more appropriate to draw the attention to the fact that although the chariot is wheeled, it is not harnessed to that which draws it by physical or visible harness. What then likes links and harnesses the chariot's power of the movement to the chariot? Okay, the chariot has power itself, over itself, basically is what they're saying. So, uh, so yeah, so Don did ask, is this the ability to now move in time-space a little more effectively? Because I think we are doing it already, we're just unconscious of the fact. So opening that, that uh, part of the veil that allows us to understand that we're, we, we are moving in time-space. And um, I'm going to bring up the Emerald Tablets for a moment, uh, because in the the Key of Time uh, chapter that was deciphered, you know, Foss basically says, hey, you know, it's not really time that moves. Time does not move. Okay, it is you who is moving through time. And that just unlocked a whole new perception for myself when I read that, because it was like, yeah, we technically, yeah, we are the ones moving through time, time, you know, if we take into effect that you know, consciousness really is all that there is. The magician is all that there is. This is where everything stems from, is our consciousness. So uh, we are moving through time. Time is not moving. So um, any questions or comments or anything on that? I hope you guys are following okay. Um So I did want to bring in a little more on this, like embedding the archetype situation. So, um, and one thing that I have not explained before, because I'm still learning it. So I'm, I'm, as I'm learning it, I'm going to, uh, explain it in, in my own terms in hopes that you guys, it, it'll expand a little bit more for you too. 
And so it's working on, off of empathy, I have noticed. It's working off of the ability to feel and understand what the other person is experiencing. So, um, and there's also ways that we need to, um, yeah, well, what's the word? Transmute that, you know, at the end of the day, too, because we don't necessarily want to hold on to everybody else's feelings, but it is important in the moment. So, in your, let's just say you're having a conversation with a very good friend and you're in a deep conversation in that, and, um, you know, it's being in the moment. <laughs> so, what if they come to you? Uh, with a problem, a personal problem, and they are, um, you know, and, and they trust you, they they want your advice. And in that moment, you've got to, you're re, you really want to give them the answers that they need, not necessarily that they want. And that's something that I've had to kind of learn myself is I, you always, you can't just tell everybody what they want to hear because a lot of times with that, there's going to be no growth whatsoever and you want them to grow, you know, and they trusted you uh, to come to you and uh, you, you can't tell them everything they want to hear because it may not be the truth. So, uh, and this is kind of where we need to embody that truth in that. So, they come to you, you're talking, they're, they're spilling their, their, the beans on all this, this personal issue that they're having. So it's in the moment that you find the right answer. It's in the moment. Uh, and time space has some to do with it too. It's extremely hard to explain, but I am going to try to do my very best with it. So, um, it's in the moment. They tell you this and you're like, internally this is all going on internally and you're like wow that's a really big issue like i don't know so then in your mind you're thinking what does this person need what is this person feeling so then you tap into that empathy and you're like okay this person really needs you know the empress part of me that mother-like gentle figure this gentle energy so then you tap into that empress and you give them um this compassion and it's still staying in the lane of truth mind you so um and you give them this gentle reaction or response and uh let them know you do care and let's figure this out together you still have to do the work on your own but i am here as support and i love you and i care for you and uh um you know we'll will continue to work at this so um so and the way that i figured time and space is kind of playing into this because all of that took me about three minutes to explain to you guys but in real time it happens in about like five seconds if that so this is where time space comes in and you know you're you're in the moment going what's the empathy what does this person need okay i feel like they need the the the, the empress the, the mother-like energy and then the empress kicks in and then it's like feedback to you and this and that so it's very intense a lot of times because you know you think about it later you're like that happened in like five seconds but still in my mind i was like um it felt like three minutes you know uh so this is where 
that's playing into and I think that because this is what I realized I was doing a lot of work uh, in, in this this in my meditation at night really focusing on what am I doing to tap into these and it was like immediate like hey look at the chariot so I go in and look at the chariot and this is what I see and I'm like ah this is what's going on with me but I'm also teaching it so we are all teachers all the time whether we realize it or not so it's being in that conscious mode of the teacher and understanding when you need to be uh, the teacher and when you need to be the student which are also both at the same time <laughs> so, uh, good luck guys no pressure no, no pressure so um, I hope that helps uh, some individuals on what's going on um, and you know say they need like the the stern father figure maybe they just need somebody to tell them what's what kind of uh, straightforward they don't need the empathy they don't need this you know so then the Emperor would be more appropriate and don't forget, guys, this is a hard one for me, and this is going to be a hard one for a lot of folks because no one wants to be the bad person. But the to tower is also an archetype that we may need to embody sometimes. And don't let fear of that stop you from, from something because uh, the other individual may need that. And in the law of one, Ross talks about, uh, the tower, you know, over time, the meaning has changed. The tower is really that sudden awakening, the sudden lightning. And over time, it kind of got, um, the meaning moved more towards the tower falling down as opposed to that sudden awakening. So, so at some point in time, some you may need to be a sudden awakening for somebody uh, if they're, you know, uh, okay. So I'll use the example of like, you know addicts on this or that or alcohol or whatever uh, you may need to be that person that says look at what you're doing like is this really what you want and if you want that that is fine but this is what i'm seeing uh from my end and this is uh how it looks on the outside world it is your free will to do this but you may need to be that sudden awakening for somebody and they still have an opportunity to, to take that. They do not have to, but they have an opportunity to either take that and use it as their own tower moment and uh, or not. Like they can ignore it, but it's the opportunity is eventually going to come back later through somebody else or you or, uh, you know, uh, the creators, you know, going to find some brilliant way to create that for them. So um, and. Yeah, uh, so don't don't get hung up on, you know, that makes me the bad person in their eyes. So it's a hard one. It really is. So um, there is a, a uh, there is a quote here in the love one, and it does state that there's a board to the forehead. Let me find that one. That's my favorite one. <laughs> so, board to the forehead. Okay. Let me read this because this will help some out as far as embodying that teacher aspect uh, part of you. So uh, we're all doing it all the time. It's just really being in that conscious. Yes, I am the teacher in this moment. So, okay. 
So session 83, question 27. In some cases, it seems this use of catalyst is almost a runaway uh, condition for some entities. They're talking about pain, that they are experiencing much more pain and it can make good use of as far as catalytic nature would be concerned. Could you comment on our present condition and the illusion with the respect to that particular subject? Okay, pain. Uh, Ryan answers, you may see in some cases an entity which, either by pre-incarnative choice or by constant reprogramming while in incarnation, has developed an insurient program of catalyst, meaning they're either consciously or unconsciously deciding they need a catalyst to move, you know, um, such which would be embodiment of the chariot. So such a good entity is quite serious uh, of using the catalyst and has determined to its own satisfaction that you, what you may call a large board needs to be applied to the forehead in order to obtain the attention of the self. In some cases, it may indeed seem a great waste to the catalyst of pain and a distortion towards feeling the tragedy of so much pain may be experienced by the other self. However, it is well to hope that the other self is grasping that which it is going to some trouble to offer itself, the catalyst which it desires to use for the purpose of evolution. So embodying, uh, you know, that the tower archetype and embodying some of these rougher, you know, or the seemingly rougher archetypes, you know, the, um, that maybe apply to certain circumstances. So it's it's like parenting is like the the exact definition of that of this session right here. So uh, you're you're basically telling someone no. Well, that could be a tower moment for somebody else. Is when you tell them no. <laughs> so, you know, uh, parenting one on one. And but it's basically he's Ross says that it, you're living by faith that this other self um, is going to see it as a lesson and a chance for to grow from this situation and a chance for innocence, the growth turns into evolution. So you have a chance to evolve here because I told you no, you know, um, or you, you have a chance to evolve because of a car accident or, you know, whatever experience relates to you. So, or to, embody that for someone else so you're you're living by faith that, that and the hope and a chance that this person sees it as a, a chance for evolution a chance for growth and a chance of embodiment of who they're really supposed to be so um so i hope that makes sense to some folks and they can apply it where they need to and if not that's fine so Yeah. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is go into meditation. Uh, what time are we at? Okay, we're only at about 20 or so minutes. Okay. Um, 
any questions, any uh, requests, any any certain archetype uh, that you wish to look into at this time? If not, I will uh, save a, a couple more specific archetypes for next week. And then if not, we can go into the meditation. Okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and go on to the meditation. We're we're kind of combining um, some things here this week. It's been a pretty week. You know what? Before we go into the meditation, I do want to explain one thing. So it'll give you guys a chance to go ahead and get comfortable, turn your music on, and grab your crystals and whatever whatever else you feel you need for a guided meditation. But um, I do want to, to express the importance of generational trauma. And, um, you know, we, we have all these, these traumas that we don't even know where are coming from. And until... We, we are met with a reminder of those, those generational traumas. We don't know that they're there, but, uh, the reminder of these, whether it is, um, meeting with, um, folks with the same ancestors as you or, uh, pictures, you know, or is, is something, whatever it is, it's going to grab your attention. You think and go, Oh my gosh, like that's for some reason I'm, I'm feeling very strongly about this one picture and I don't know why. So uh, chances are there is a type of, of genera generational trauma associated with that. So uh, it's super important to go in and free that, meaning don't hold on to it anymore. Release it. Understand it's what happened, what happened. And um, we are hopefully we are the ones to clear that generational trauma right now, right here. There's no matter something right here to forgive and move on and also um, you know, forgive self. Or if you happen to play a part in this somehow or a past life that played a part in this somehow, uh, forgive the other party, forgive yourself or just forgive the situation in general uh forgive the energy around it and then we can move on from this so um i myself got a reminder of some generational trauma over the past week and um you know i really didn't know that it was there and i got a big reminder and i did so much inner work and i released so much and it was like these these layers and layers were removed and I'm like, I have to tell folks this, you know, that is a big one. That is a big one. We, we, we can't be holding on to this stuff, even if it's stuff we don't even know we have, you know. Uh, but we're, we're put specifically in situations so that we have an opportunity to release ourselves from that. So I did want to point that out before we go into the meditation. So um, I'm going to mute for about a minute as I prepare myself and um, allow you folks to finish getting ready.
Okay, are we all ready? Okay. So, make sure you're in your comfortable position. Be in a chair, bathtub, lying down, standing up, outside. Just make sure your feet are flat on the floor or the ground. We're going to take in a few deep breaths. Breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And hold. And breathe out. Breathe in and hold and breathe out. Okay, now we see a great glowing sphere above our crown. It's glowing this brilliant white light. It's vibrating. You can feel the intelligence, the graceful, loving intelligence coming from this sphere. And a stream of light comes pouring down from this sphere into a stream of this brilliant golden light. It flows down in through the crown chakra. And it goes down through each of these centers, the indigo ray, the blue ray, the green, the yellow, orange, down to the red, and it passes from the red ray down through your feet, straight down into the ground, and it keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it passes through the rock and the caves and the caverns and the water and the crystals. Connecting with the, the consciousness of the earth. It finds its way down to the core, it wraps around the core and then it streams back up towards us. Again, it moves through the rock and the caves and the caverns and the water and these ancient crystals that have been there since before man. 
and it moves back up and up and up and finding its way back to our feet. It starts moving upward through the energy center, starting with the red ray, our roots, our foundation. It cleanses this area, it balances it, it activates, seeping into each and every cell and atom. Then it moves to the orange ray, our identity, our emotional center, our gateway for life. seeping into each and every cell and atom of the center, clearing it, balancing it, activating it. Then it moves up to the yellow and again we see it seeping into each and every cell and atom process of this area. This is our power center. This is our uh, third density illusion. It's clearing it. It's balancing it. It's activating it. It rises to the heart chakra, the green ray our springboard, our compassion, our empathy, our love, our forgiveness. And we see it move into each cell, into each atom of the heart and the lungs. It exchanges in the lungs. And then the lungs move it through our entire body, through the bloodstream. It clears the space, it balances it, and it activates it. And then it moves to the Blu-ray, our voice, our truth, our honesty our word. Again, moving into each cell, each, each atom, encasing the vocal cords in this golden light. It clears this space, it balances this space, so we may speak balanced. Activates this space. I'm moving into the indigo ray. The beautiful gateway to infinity, to creator, to all that there is. Moving into each cell, 
of the pineal, each atom of the pineal, crystallizing it with this golden light. Clearing this space. Balancing. Activating our gateway. And then from there, it moves up through the crown and arches around us and creating another sphere around our being. So we are filled in this golden sphere with light from Creator, from all that there is. And we are protected, we are grounded, we are protected from negative influence, negative entities, negative um, attacks, entities. So then we find ourselves floating in the universe, just floating. We are not our bodies. We are a point of consciousness in space-time and time-space. We see off in the distance, we see galaxies and stars and black holes, white holes. And we were able to stretch that, that awareness into the far reaches. And taking the focus back to ourselves, we invite our past selves. We invite our past selves from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, as versions of ourselves to join us. We say to each of them, to ourselves from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, we say, I forgive you for when I did not know any better. I forgive you. I forgive the situations that caused uh, trauma. I forgive those individuals who did not know as well. I'm releasing you from these bonds so that you may move forward into the next version of yourself, a better version of yourself, released from these bonds, these mental bonds, spiritual bonds, whatever bonds that we as 
placed on ourselves. Intentionally or unintentionally, we remove them by offering this forgiveness. So we move on to our ancestors and we see the grandparents, we see the, all the great grandparents appear before us, great, great grandparents, great, 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 spanning as long as you can see in the distance. As long as infinity allows. And it, they fill the whole space. They fill the whole space that we are in. All these ancestors. And we connect with them. And we let them know, you are my ancestors. And I release you from any traumatic bonds that were placed mentally, physically, spiritually. I offer you forgiveness for these traumas, as well as forgiving the situation and forgiving the others that did not know. And we also ask them to do the same, to forgive themselves and to forgive the other self. We offer them love, we offer them peace, We let them know that any generational trauma that they have been bonded with ends with us right here, right now. And we are here to make changes and we are here to move forward. Then we take our attention back to our present self, right here, right now. And we offer the same. We offer forgiveness of self. We offer forgiveness of other selves, of situations that we have created these bonds around. We release it. We transmute it back into the universe. We understand it as lessons learned or teaching lessons. And we move forward. Right here, right now, we move forward. We move forward into the next best version of ourselves with no bonds, no restraints, no veils, no coverings, 
right here, right now. So then we move to visualize the earth in front of us, the present day earth, as it is right now. And we're going to move another pulse from that brilliant sphere that is above our crown, our connection with Creator. We, we see another pulse go through our crown, through all the rays, the indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, red. Okay, it loops back around from our feet. It goes through the red to the yellow, to the green, to the blue, to the indigo, and then this light arches from the indigo back down to the green. And it moves from our green way with that love and compassion and forgiveness down our right arm and exits our right hand and we place this over the earth this green energy filled with these intentions we place this around the earth and we sit with these feelings of the intentions we just made, peace, love, understanding, forgiveness, compassion, healing, releasing the traumas, releasing the bonds. We sit with these feelings for a moment as we place them around the earth. we see each one of us here together. We give thanks and gratitude to one another, to ourselves. To Creator. And when you're ready, we're going to take our few deep breaths, breathe in, and hold, and breathe out.
breathe in and hold. And breathe out. Breathe in and hold. And breathe out. And again, when you're ready, start shaking your fingers and your toes around, move them around, move them about. The calf muscles, the thighs, the hips, the back, the arms, the shoulders. Move them around your head. Stretch slowly and slowly come back to us. So give yourselves a few minutes and I'll be back. <laughs> 